Magic Conj, will I ever get to meet Tom Kenny? Maybe someday. Oh, so you're saying there's a chance. Okay, okay. Should I tell fans of the show how they can support us? Yes. Goofy Goobers, supporting the show is shockingly easier than catching a blue jellyfish. Right from our Anchor page, anchor.fm slash spongepod, you can find links to all of our social media and a support button if you happen to have a few extra clams. Also follow us on twitch.tv slash spongebobpodcast, where it's not only the official home to our sister show, Video Bob Game Pants, it's also where I stream live drawings of various Nickelodeon characters and host the opportunity for commissions and giveaways. Lastly, the official merchandise store is now open at redbubble.com slash people slash spongepod, where various designs will be uploaded in Inspired by our show, including our official logo, which is now available on a multitude of products like t-shirts, stickers, duvet covers, and even a shower curtain. This is a podcast by a fan for fans and will always be fan-driven. Any way you see fit on supporting our show is much appreciated. Thank you and enjoy. Ahoy, mateys, and welcome to another episode of I'm Ready, a SpongePod Squarecast. My name is Captain Eric, and we are continuing our adventure through the first season of SpongeBob SquarePants. Uh, it has been a crazy week here on the show. Uh, of course, last week we uh, we launched our first episode of Video Bob Game Pants uh, over on Twitch, um, and I just want to thank. Any of the fans who who came out, watched the uh, watched the stream, got involved in a little bit of the chat, um, very much appreciated. Uh, we played through Nicktoons Racing, uh, all three versions of it, um, and of course, the uh, next episode of this show will, will be dedicated to kind of a, a review of of that game uh, and and what my thoughts are on on all three versions, all four versions, kind of. I mean. Let's be real here, okay? Total honesty, there's five releases of that game. There's the Game Boy Color, there's the Game Boy Advanced, and then the PS1, PC, and arcade versions. Those last three are practically the same game um, with, with very obvious minor differences. The PC version looks better than the PS1. The arcade version is obviously um, has a, a physical wheel and gas pedals and a button for your weapons, but is also meant to gobble your quarters up. Um, so we play, yeah, we played through those. Um, and it was, uh, man, getting the streams together. I've streamed more in the last month or two than I have in my entire life. Um, the idea of streaming, being a streamer, being someone... Um, it's not just about like working at home, but the idea of just, Hey, constantly making content and people being with you while you're making it. It's, it's an exciting thing to go after. Um, but God bless these streamers who stream for like 12 hours a day. God bless you guys. I streamed for six hours the day that uh battle for bikini bottom rehydrated came out. I streamed the game. And, and at six hours, I was tired. I, I was like, I was exhausted. And it's not like the entire time I was commentating through the game. I was, I was saying natural feelings when stuff came up or I would point out things, but I certainly wasn't super chatty. Um, I, maybe that's just me. I don't like playing games in one sitting because if I'm really enjoying a game, I want to stretch that ex that enjoyment out as much as I can. Um, I've certainly, like, 
there are obvious certain games that I've been able to beat in one sitting. Recently, I um, I played Portal 2 again. I got into the idea of Portal again, um, and I put Portal 2 on my, my Xbox One X, and I pretty much played it in one day. You know, It was like a five- or six-hour game, and it was done. It was like, okay, cool. Uh, but when that game first came out, I didn't beat it for, for days. I would play like a few, you know, a chapter, one chapter a day, or I would do a few rooms and put it down. And, and you know, I like to stretch my enjoyment out. So um, I have such a such a respect for some of these streamers out there, and especially the ones really, really trying to make it their living. Um, I respect the hustle. I Look, I hope to get there one day myself, but, uh, but yeah, in these, like, starting moments, I have a lot of respect. And there's just so many, uh, especially when you're trying to stream from a game system. I've run into so many issues. Borrowed my roommate's capture card. I have a camera. And there was a situation where um, the Battle for Bikini Bottom one just... I, maybe I mentioned this on a previous episode when I talked about the, the issues with the streaming. But it was like, I spent the night before getting everything set up and and for anyone who's tuned into one of my streams knows i i have a really nice overlay that i worked hard on um but that night i spent time working on the notifications that would pop up with with twitch when you get a follower or a sub or when you get bits and um the game stream was working but then the next morning, the, the, the issue was like the game stream was working, but then the camera wasn't. I restarted the computer and then the camera was working and the game stream wasn't. So it was like, oh, I'll do this in the morning. And in the morning, like everything was working, but then it wasn't. Then starting the stream and then there was no audio. It was just I have so much respect for the people who do this on a daily basis. Um, certainly streaming from emulators which is what we used for for nicktoons racing on the uh the game boy color and the game boy advance i own both cartridges so i don't mind downloading a rom and playing an emulation but it's just easier to just stream from just like straight from the computer uh so no issues there but um but yeah so beyond that the my my career my job kind of exploded so there's just this whole new level of anxiety and responsibility so like trying to maneuver through that but then you're like oh wait there's a lot of streaming stuff coming up and it's just it's it's rough but i'm getting through it um today we're gonna be watching the episode fun which is probably one of the most well-known season one episodes there are um and certainly the fun song is one of the most well-known spongebob jingles there is I can't think, I mean, when I'm in my head, when I'm thinking, like, what are the most well-known songs other than the theme song? And it's, you know, the Goofy Goober Rock and Ripped Pants and uh, Gary song. And then, boom, like, fun is right. And to be honest, like, fun was one of the first ones I thought about. Um, I actually have, I had two SpongeBob alarm clocks growing up. Uh, one was a uh, uh like a beach setting that would just play the theme song when the alarm went off and the other is of fun and it's got SpongeBob and Plankton they got the big FUN letters and it actually plays the fun song as an alarm um when i take the break in between you know when we start the show i'm going to see i have i don't have the beach one anymore i don't know what happened to that one 
Um, but I do have the fun alarm clock still. Not that it was my original, but a, f- a friend found it at like a Goodwill um, a year or two ago and gifted it to me. And it was like, oh, man, I love this. Um, I'm going to see if I still have batteries in it. And uh, and you can you can listen to what that alarm sounds like. It's not a fairly good alarm clock, but it's um, as far as like a sit on a shelf art piece. I love it. Um, it's got some good good designs of uh, SpongeBob and Plankton. And even looking to my other side, uh, I'm looking over at the the SpongeBob Pop collection I have uh, in buried in in the Nickelodeon collection. Uh, they just recently created uh, an Amazon exclusive Funko Pop of fun with SpongeBob holding the big letters. And then you got a mini plankton in the middle of the U. And it's it's an absolute it's an absolute adorable uh, pop. I'm glad they made that because uh, plankton really needed another pop available because he just before then only I, I think that's the first time he's appeared himself because before then the only other time they even attempted to make plankton as a funko pop was uh in the two-pack where spongebob was dressed as leonardo and it's in this uh like tin lunchbox type container and you got spongebob as leonardo the ninja turtle and you got plankton as shredder they made this little plankton i don't have that that's one of the pieces that i need in this collection but anyway so here we have fun which Man, like if you were a kid when this came out, that was that was a jingle you were repeating everywhere you were going was you were you were thinking about the fun song. Um, The working title of this episode was called My Fair Plankton, which I'm glad they changed it because that really doesn't uh, that that doesn't fit as well as just fun does. I mean, when you see that title card and it's one of the most unique title cards to date uh, because it's the first one with like a full black background and the colors are within the letters it's 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 a really striking title card if you've been looking at all of them up up to this point um the the voice just a bit of trivia here before we start the episode um the voice that doug lawrence uses for the cowboy in the beginning of this episode is the same voice used for gib hootson in rocco's modern life my goodness i just realizing I I have just this weird knowledge of just random moments in my head of voice actors. And Billy West, for those that don't know Billy West, he is one of he is my favorite voice actor. Um I'm hoping to meet him next year when he comes to the uh to the Kineticon or the CT Con up here. Um and I, <laughs> see I get you want to talk about anxiety. This is what my anxiety Reading that Billy West is coming and me not knowing what I should get signed by him. I, of course, have uh, four. I have five Ren and Stimpy Funko Pops. I have the two original, the two chases, the two pack. I have the Dorbs, but I don't think I'd want to get Dorbs signed. So that's kind of out of the race. Then I have a a black and white pencil drawing from Bob Camp of Ren and Stimpy being held by Uncle Hunger in in the tub. Um, during the episode, I think it's Big Baby Scam. I like mentioned this one part of this episode that always made me laugh as a kid. And Bob Camp was like, "I know what you're talking about." And you know what? I'm going to tell you a funny story about Bob Camp in a second. Let me get through Billy West. I'm already on the a trajectory train, but anyway, um, 
yeah, Billy West, I have all those to get signed. I have that drawing by Bob Camp. He's obviously the voice of many of the characters in Futurama, Fry, Zap Brannigan, Professor Farnsworth. I have all those pops, and I'm like, do I just bring a, a Stimpy or the two-pack and Fry? Do I bring the drawing by Bob Camp and get that signed by Billy West? I wish I could spend an hour with Billy West, not only to get him to sign all this stuff, but I, I have so many questions. I would love to meet him. I love the guy. Anyway, the reason I brought all that up is because I have this weird memory of things and during um, one of the podcasts that Billy West has been on it, it might have been Nerdist or uh, Penn Sunday School the uh, the, episode, the Penn Gillette podcast where he he has this southern voice and he brings up a character named Hoot Gibson which is not it's not a character at all because I was in a uh, I was in a burger joint uh, a couple months ago and they had a poster for a film that was starring Hoot Gibson. He was a, he was a rodeo champion, a film actor, a director, a producer. So it's not a fake name. He's an actual cowboy. So this was clearly a play on, on Hoot Gibson, Gib Hootson. But what was weird is that I never knew about this actor, this guy before I heard Billy West just come up with this name. And I'm in my head, I'm like, that's an interesting funny southern guy name and then i'm sitting here then i'm at that bar looking at the poster going hoot gibson oh my god billy west didn't make that up that was an actor and then sitting here reading gib hootson it's i've i have a weird train of thought in where my mind goes anyway quick bob camp story because i don't know whenever this is going to be appropriate since i brought up bob camp so that same day i'll tell you the exact day this happened um August 16th, 2015, at, uh, at this CT con at uh, one of the casinos. I think it was Mohegan Sun had this, had this con. And there was two people at that con that I wanted to meet more than anyone else. I was saving my money up because it's not, other than the, the price of admission to get into the con, it it's, can get kind of expensive if you meet a lot of people. So the two people I wanted to meet was Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman, and... Bob Camp, one of the creators of Ren and Stimpy. Uh, and, and Kevin Conroy, I had signed the faceplate for my Batman PS4, which I still have. And Bob Camp, I you know, there was obviously, I, I maybe wanted to get something signed, but he had so many different options. He could just sign a picture um, or he could draw something for you. And I think it was about maybe just like a hundred bucks, like a hundred bucks. And he fully draws a black and white pencil drawing. I think for maybe 150 or 175, he would color it. But I, I'm old school. I was like, I, I don't want him to color it. I just want an old like pencil drawing. So I paid and they take your number down. They take your name and number down. Um, cause they'll text you when it's done. Cause he obviously builds up a, a whole day's worth of work. So, August 16th, 2015, at 12.37 p.m., I get a text from this number, and it says, Happy, happy, joy, joy, your drawing is done, see you soon. Um, I saved that number. I saved that text message conversation. I saved the number in my phone as Bob Camp, and I saved that, that text. It just sat, you know, I'm texting more and more people and it's just falling to the bottom of my list of text messages. And it's still there to this day, five years later. And I, if I ever meet him again 
or get to talk with him, I would absolutely tell him I still have this because it just meant, I don't know, I just felt great. Like, I have Bob Camp's phone number and here's this text I got. But I'm... <laughs> but then, uh, less than a year later, Tuesday, May 17th, 2016, I accidentally texted this number thinking it was my girlfriend at the time. And I said, hi, boo, at uh, 9.22 p.m. It was 9 o'clock at night. And the response I get, because my text message, like I wasn't looking in, uh, the first one I may have accidentally clicked on and then wrote it, but any of the text messages that was coming in, it were just coming from the top down. So I wouldn't see, maybe I would see the name, but I would just see the text and it would say reply. And the reply was, um, hi, with a question mark, exclamation point, and then the thinking emoji. And I replied to that just saying, I just wanted to say I love you. And the response came back a minute later saying, love is all there is, exclamation point, and the emoji with hearts in its eyes. And when I read that, my heart sank because I realized that that's something that's totally weird and not something my girlfriend would say. And I realized that I had texted the Bob Camp phone number who his, uh, I think it's his wife, was curating at the time. She was the one, you know, in charge of the phone list. So it could be her number for all I know. Um, and I realized this and I was like, oh, like my heart sank. It took me three minutes to respond. And I was just staring at my screen like, oh, my God, I messed this up. So I texted back, oh, boy, Mr. or Mrs. Camp, I do apologize. This is embarrassing. Crying emoji. And they responded right on, giggle, giggle, we love you too. And then sent me a picture of, uh, of Ren and Stimpy like smiling maniacally from the episode Stimpy's Invention. Um, and I just texted back, thanks so much, with like the crying laughing emoji. And I still, I, I didn't learn my lesson. I've still kept that text message uh, conversation. And, um, and man, it just makes me, it makes me happy knowing that happened and that they were so cool about it. And I can't wait if I ever get to meet them again to show them that, like, hey, I'm the weird guy who accidentally texted you less than a year later and, and we'll laugh about that. But anyway, um, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're actually going to watch and, uh, and talk about the episode fun. So stick with us. 2000 years later. All right. Welcome back. Um, by the way, I had somebody ask me, I guess uh, CBS All Access, for those that don't know, is an app. It's one of that's just another streaming app, but it has to do with uh, with Viacom and C CBS. Um, I guess early next year, they are going to be like redoing the app, redoing the service. And one of its big launch day things it's it's gets if you will is that every season of spongebob squarepants is going to be on it along with the new movie the spongebob movie sponge on the run i believe before it hits that service it'll hit on a video on demand at some point um in january uh so i had somebody ask like hey if you know or what what are your thoughts on this right now only the first five seasons are available on Amazon Prime, which is how I've been viewing the episode so far because it's just the easiest for me. Um, depending on price and depending on what other options they have on CBS All Access, I might I might grab that simply for the the advent of having 
every SpongeBob episode at my disposal, having the new movie. Um, but if there's nothing, it's really going to come. It's really going to depend on the amount of other stuff they have on there that interests me. I'm not afraid of um, watching something I'm not used to or watching something new. Uh, more or less, I just don't want to be paying for one show, you know? Um, I wish Nickelodeon had. I mean, if they add, I know that they recently added Avatar and Danny Phantom to CBS All Access. If if they just had every Nick show, um, $10 a month, I would be fine with that. And I'm talking like every Nick show, everything from Ren and Stimpy all the way up to, to new stuff like The Loud House, um, every live action show, all that, Keenan and Kel, uh, Drake and Josh the Amanda show, just get everything on there, get everything under one umbrella and I'll be interested. Um, uh, because I almost got verbs, Nick, I think it's like Nick rewind or, or Nickelodeon. There's like a Nick tune section of verve and it's 10, seven to $10 a month, but there's only like, you know, a, a handful of shows and I, I'm sorry, I want everything. So if, uh, yeah, if Icom does that, just takes all the Nickelodeon stuff and throws it on CBS All Access, I will abs- happily, along with with Hulu and Disney Plus and everything else I'm paying for. Um, so that, that's a possibility. But I'm gonna I'm gonna wait until until things are out and and I can see how it does. Uh, anyway, so we're watching fun today. Uh, nothing. I mean, this is the second. Plankton centric episode we have uh, after after Plankton he has appeared you know since then and this is an episode that looks into the idea of of SpongeBob thinking that Plankton might not be as bad as he is you know he's lonely what if he had a friend maybe he wouldn't if he had some distractions maybe he wouldn't be so after the Krabby Patty formula. Um, and honestly, it seems like it worked a little bit. Uh, there, there seemed to be a, a friendship that actually formed between SpongeBob and Plankton, something that would obviously be echoed with episodes down the road. This is something that really first planted the seeds of, of Plankton possibly not being just a completely evil individual. Uh, and I and I always found that interesting, and so this is this is the the first steps of this of this little uh, friendship here between SpongeBob and Plankton that uh, that has has been in a, in a tennis match back and forth. Um, not I mean more more on Plankton just being evil, but there's there's been signs from this episode that there could be more behind him, and SpongeBob is the is the one to accept it. He's always accepted Plankton, although. Uh, when Plankton crosses that line of trying to get the Krabby Patty secret formula, SpongeBob will be there to stop him. But if Plankton's not crossing that line, SpongeBob's like the one guy in town who actually could probably hold a conversation with Plankton and, and, uh, not, not hate being around him. But, uh, yeah, anyway, so if you want to, want to follow along with me, I am going to be starting the episode. I just have to find it. This is where sometimes I wish I could be more prepared, but here we are. All right, so I'm going to start the episode uh, in about one second. Just getting it to the point in the middle of the episode. Um, I'm obviously, it's the second part 
of episode 10, so I'm going to be skipping the uh, the theme song. Um, I'm just waiting for the end of Culture Shock. This is This is great. Okay, so if you want to follow along with me, you can press play on your devices now. And here we have our fun title card. Um, the, the Chum Bucket is across town in this episode. I don't know if anyone's noticed. Um, in most episodes, the Chum Bucket is right across the street. But also, check that out. The, the SpongeBob at like a fryer. You never, you don't see that too often. Um, and what an impressive security system Mr. Krabs has uh, uh, in the Krusty Krab there with all of the metal coming down. And I also think it's interesting, too, Squidward has, in future seasons, never cared as much as he does right here to catch Plankton. Like, Squidward in, in the early seasons is very much involved at the Krusty Krab and seems to actually enjoy his job. But later on, they, they really hammer home that... uh. That he he could care less about this place and what happens and uh, <laughs> him and Mr. Krabs acting as if SpongeBob ripping off his skin like oh he's now a superhero, um, but yeah so th this is this is crazy usually you know why is Plankton going through downtown Bikini Bottom I mean maybe maybe he's thinking that. Because the the chum bucket is across the street from the Krusty Krab, that that it would seem like he would just take the straight line, and by going this far out of town, he's almost skirt like dodging being caught. I don't know. That's that's the only explanation I can think about, other than this, other than this scene. Um, here we have our first look at the magic shop in Bikini Bottom. Um, and I love how for a second the fake glasses and the nose and the mustache actually works on SpongeBob. He's just talking to a burger with uh, with sunglasses or with, uh, with just regular reading glasses. Um, one of my favorite parts of this episode is, is the He's a Jolly Good Rookie song. Um, I love that everybody in town just comes in to celebrate this moment. It, it's <laughs> everybody calling Plankton the loser. The the it's one thing for the cops to be involved, and it's another thing for you know Mr. Krabs and Squidward, but for the whole town to basically cheering on this moment. Um, the, <laughs> the the animation of the cop singing for he's a jolly good rookie always makes me laugh and this is this is what sets spongebob away from everybody else is is having this moment to take a step back and think about plankton and think about how lonely he is he has no friends he literally his only companion is a computer <laughs> plankton i I love that he look, here's the one thing about Plankton. He does seem to really care about his restaurant and wants it to succeed, but he has no attempts at trying to create like decent food that people would want to eat. Um, I wish there were more episodes having to do with Plankton instead of just trying to steal the Krabby Patty formula, trying to trying to like create new more food. Uh, 
you know, trying to get a chef, like trying to get a, a, a SpongeBob type character. I, I, I've it's happened before in which the chum bucket becomes semi popular. There's been episodes, more recent episodes, um, like Patrick coming up with the slogan chum is fum and uh and people just like eating into that. Uh and so uh, this scene right here with uh with Plankton, you know, what do we what do we do after we eat him? There's actually a deleted scene in this episode. Um when he's holding the net and he kind of he's imitating a rifle. He goes, "What do we do after we shoot him?" And SpongeBob then, of course, would have answered that, but uh but that obviously got changed to what happens after we eat him. SpongeBob responding to uh to we don't eat him. What is fun? Here's our here's our first rendition of the fun song. And uh we all know the words here. F is for friends who do stuff together. U is for you and me. N is for anywhere and anytime at all down here in the deep blue sea. And of course, Plankton's rendition. F is for, F is for fire that burns down the whole town. Use for uranium bombs, and is for no survivors when you interrupted. Um, how many, how many kids and how many adults my age could you walk up to and just say like, "Hey, F is for friends who do stuff together," and have all of them say, "You is for you and me." It is literally so well known. Um, sometimes uh, there's one thing about this episode. This is more of a technical thing. Um, sometimes this episode airing on Nicktoons and on Nickelodeon along with Culture Shock shows in a higher, a brighter saturation for some reason. I don't know why it happens with this episode. And is for nose picking, cherry gum and sand licking. Um, when, uh, when SpongeBob is chasing the patty off of the building, he uses his blown-up Krusty Krab employee hat to bounce around town. However, when he catches the patty at the magic shop, his hat is back on his head and deflates. It's a bit of an error there. <coughs> um, this is so. This is the scene I wanted to talk about. Um, in the end of this episode, spoiler warning for anybody who has never seen this episode. Um, Plankton has a a very sad moment with SpongeBob where he admits that he enjoyed being friends with SpongeBob, enjoyed uh enjoyed his friendship, enjoyed what they were doing. And SpongeBob like asks him like, "Really?" And Plankton goes, "No, of course not." But that scene we just watched with Plankton and Karen where he's putting on square pants. He's alone. He doesn't need to, like, Karen's whole plan was to, hey, be friends with SpongeBob, and it'll get you to the Krabby Patty formula. If he didn't like hanging out with SpongeBob and having fun, he wouldn't have had that scene alone with Karen where she's kind of calling him out, like, hey, you're kind of forgetting about the plan here. And... You know, he's saying he's having fun with SpongeBob. I always found it incredibly weird that even though in the end he he takes all of that back, there's that scene alone that he just 
admits he enjoys hanging around with SpongeBob. Um, and then, of course, he just stole the Krabby Patty there, which is incredible. We were watching Plankton the whole time. Uh, here we are in the movie theater, and here's our, our second appearance of Bubble Bass, who just <laughs> sits on Plankton. And then when SpongeBob's like, hey, you're sitting on my friend, just <laughs> moves his butt around. Uh, this is, of course, a, a fairly popular scene, too, online. Um, I, I've seen it in a few memes, although it has not hit big yet. Who knows? It just takes it takes that one meme to send this over the top of the edge. <sighs> Reach into his pocket. Can you imagine being in a uh, in a movie theater and having something like this happen? Like, would you actually reach into the person's pocket to the to to your left or right? <laughs> I don't know. Um, this is one of seven episodes in which the 1986 Paramount logo is plastered with the 2002 Paramount logo. Um, I'm guessing at the end of the episode. The others are Help Wanted, Squeaky Boots, Squidward, The Unfriendly Ghost, Employee of the Month, Karate Choppers, and Rock Bottom. Um, fun apparently is the only episode title so far to be an acronym form. I, uh, that's that's completely new to me. Um, of course, not to not to, not to forget the uh, the writers of this episode: Sherm Cohen, Aaron Singer, and Peter Burns. Uh, Aaron Singer was also the storyboard artist. The storyboard was all done by Sherm Co Cohen. Animation was fret by Fred Miller, and of course, our man Derek Dryman on the creative end. Um, so yeah, see, so Plankton totally at the end, you know. Opens up to SpongeBob on his actual feelings, but then completely disregards him. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that even though Plankton's real goal at the end of the day was to get the Krabby Patty secret formula, I think he did have fun hanging out with SpongeBob. I think he did have fun being around another person. I think he enjoyed not being lonely, like being cared for. But I don't think it was strong enough to cover over his desire for for the Krabby Patty secret formula. Um, and then here we have one of my favorite endings to an episode is the fact that Bubble Bass thinks Plankton is a jelly bean. And I don't know if he's looking down, seeing Plankton run around, because his fin is following him. So he's like trying to catch this jelly bean, but I don't know if... if Bubble Bass just would eat plankton if he's that hungry. That always, it bothers me, but I, I love it. Um, the, the, <laughs> the Chum Bucket special of the day is Chumbalaya, a pun on Jambalaya. Um, and that was fun. That was our episode. Uh, a, a fairly simple yet fun episode. It, there's a reason why it's a standout in the first season. Um, it delves away from what you would expect. Um, I think by the end, we all expect Plankton to still be a little evil. But just like with that scene, I don't think you would expect him to actually enjoy hanging out with SpongeBob. Enjoy that fun they're having. I think it, you know, I don't think any fan would ex would expect that. And certainly it's something that doesn't fit 100% with his character, but... Hey, it, it's there. It happened. Beyond that, there are so many reasons that this episode is is beloved. Um, 
beyond the song, beyond the message it sends, I I think people, this is an episode where people really began to like Plankton as a character. Uh, I don't want to speak for everybody, but I would like to imagine that after the first Plankton episode where he takes over SpongeBob's body, I, I don't think... I think people maybe liked him, but I don't think they loved him. I think this was an episode where genuine love for that character and what he can, how he fits in the narrative of the show. I think fun is what cements it. And that's why it's so beloved. The song is beloved on its own, but I think this episode really places Plankton on the map more so than his, his debut episode because it just sh- the fact that it works so well it's even though plankton's one goal is a constant throughout the series you know when you look down at future episodes like it's con- like he obviously has one goal but then when you kind of take him away from that goal for a second and enjoy him as a character that's that's where this enjoyment com- you know like that's where the whole purpose of this episode can really come from is even though his end goal is still to get that Krabby Patty formula you take him away from that for a second you'll find something else to like about that character and that's why he's been such a mainstay and that's why he is so important to the entire story he's not just a one trick pony he has many other tricks that we will see over the course of the next few episodes and seasons that involve him. He he grows exponentially as a character. And the seeds for that were planted right here in this episode. Uh, and that's the way I, I see it. I, I've, I've heard, I've said that to a few other people and some people go, no, I loved him the second he was in that first episode. I, I really think for most people, it was, it was this one that really uh, cemented the, the love for Plankton. Um, the love to hate him uh, uh, kind of aspect of his character. But anyway, that was fun. And this means, you know, it's over, which means that it's another episode of I'm Ready, a SpongePod Squarecast that is over. Uh, please uh, check out the next episode of the show. It will be a review of Nicktoons Racing, um, the first episode of Video Bob Game Pants. If you're not already following us, twitch.com slash spongebob podcast by all means go and send us a follow um i'm going to be streaming i'm gonna try i'm going to try at least once a week for for two or three hours um play to to play games i have a regular twitch account for more mature games like gears of war but i've already played things like uh cuphead and streets of rage for um, of course, the new SpongeBob game and a few others on our uh, SpongeBob podcast. So it's not it's not just SpongeBob games. Of course, a majority of them are SpongeBob games. But yeah, follow us on Twitch. Um, I love hanging out with you guys. And uh, thank you for listening to this episode. By all means, if you can find any way to support the podcast, please please do it. Share this around. Share this in groups. Let people know, let other fans know that this show exists because the more people we can get on this wagon, I think the more fun we will have. Until next time, ahoy mateys.